4: Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast, where today I'm sitting here with Doc and not Hardbody Hopper. Hopper got called away on Wildcat Business. As he said, he's got to stroke the cock that feeds him as he's got to do some work for the TV show tonight. So unfortunately, you're stuck with Doc and I on November 19, 1988, doing Saturday Night on TBS. Doc, with that said, how are you doing?
5: Oh, I'm doing great. I'm deep within my coronavirus bunker. Uh, you shouldn't lie to the people. Harper had a had a nasty, dry, unproductive cough and some chest pains and some fever earlier. We're not going to make. We don't have any testing kits, so we're not going to make that determination. But you might want to say a prayer for the bald headed superstar.
4: You, you know, you I'm shouldn't joke. You really shouldn't joke like that.
5: Man, come on. You think if the virus is going to hit New Orleans, it's going to hit him. There's a there's so many other people. With I mean, how
4: transferable ones. is how transferable is viruses when you do a lot of circle circle dot dot. I'm just I'm just well, asked.
5: nobody. They, man, when you when you fall out, if you went on CNN and they're like, "We're there's an advisory not to eat ass right now."
4: I gotta I'm tell telling you, you that cannot this, be healthy when we're talking about the coronavirus.
5: Look look, I've I've made a new discovery. You know what oh. that is?
4: You you tell the people so that they can laugh at you.
5: Man, I ain't even trying to get no laughs about this. Look, so here's the thing. I've been busy this week. I've been trying to run around up the shoot job. I had to take a a work trip over the weekend. I've been running and rocking and rolling, like those old white guys like to say. And so I haven't had a lot of time to like get to the store and get coronavirus supplies like beer. So Mrs. Doc rolled it up with a 12 pack of white claws. And I started busting all over her, like asking her if she needed to see the manager and all kinds of other basic live, laugh, and love bullshit. And I was like, I was like, man, I make a lot of fun of these. I'm gonna try one just so that I know what I'm making fun of. And I'll be damned if these things aren't pretty nice i'm not gonna lie here's the thing pal it's five percent alcohol so that's about what the beer i drink usually has um it's 100 calories it's gluten-free there's only two grams of sugar it's so it's not like it's not a wine cooler like you said that earlier you're taking wine coolers but those wine coolers man those things will make you like pucker up they're so sweet this isn't that at all now i'm not gonna go buy another 12 pack it's all i got in the house so I'm finishing them off for, her. but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm been drinking a white claw, and I got to tell you, there's a lot worse things you could be doing with your night than drinking a white claw.
4: I'm gonna let you.
5: I own okay. it, man. I, t- I told you before we went on. People are gonna laugh, and they never had one. I'm telling you, is it like drinking beer? No. Am I gonna drink one out at the club? Probably not. When I haven't had time to get to the to the beer store and get a twelve pack of beer, am I gonna drink these? It's better than being sober. I got no shame. I'm I'm a I'm a grown man, and I
4: don't care. <laughs> Sounds like you need vertigo powder. It,
5: it's It's more important for me to knock the edges off this sh- day at the shoot job than it is to be proud about what I'm drinking.
4: Okay. I, all I know is if I'd have told you I was drinking a White Claw, the jokes would have been abundant. But, you know, you drink it. You're, ar- it's you're socially already acceptable to
5: you by drinking Hennessy.
4: No, whatever. I think what flavor are you drinking?
5: The well, there's only 3 left, and so they're all 3 the same. It was a sampler pack with different flavors. The watermelon was really good. Um I, no jokes.
4: Why why you uh, got drink- it? why? Why? What you trying to say something about watermelon?
5: No, it was delicious. And okay, the tangerine cool. was the tangerine was meh. um the mango was pretty good. And now I'm drinking the lemon ones, and um, yeah, not my favorite, but they got booze in them. You know what I'm saying?
4: You are pathetic. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, since...
5: At least, at least I had the decency to show up. Hey, how how about those? Uh, I know it's a different show, but how about those Bobby Blaze Smoky Mountain on episodes we've been doing? Man, that's been that's been uh, phenomenal to be able to share with the army, huh?
4: All I know. Is, is nice to have a first-hand perspective on certain things.
5: Oh, yeah, man. When he was talking about Tracy and Ricky Morton's girlfriends the other night, you know, the, the show that just came out, that was phenomenal insight that you can't get anywhere else.
4: He gets worked up talking about Billy Ray Silas too, Sy- Silas, hey. Cyrus.
5: He does, but here's the thing, man. Bobby shows up on time.
4: Good he's Lord, prepared. he's early.
5: Yeah, he's professional about it. He's real gracious about being on our show. Uh, his, it, it, the internet's spotty, but shit, we're lucky he's not calling in from a tin can with a string on it living in Kentucky. <laughs> and then he's just he's adding all the nuggets that we would want somebody who was actually in the promotion to add. So, man, if you want to hear, a, where else are you going to hear a real wrestler who was in the promotion? Go show by show and critique that show. Who else is doing that?
4: Um, probably one of Conrad's folks.
5: No, they're not going week by week.
4: Oh, you're right. Okay. Week by week. Okay. All right. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough.
5: It's too bad. I had to to fire him last time. Bobby. Yeah. Enjoy it. while last guy. (laughs)
4: Okay. Uh, that's funny. All right. Um, Special shout out to our largest page contributors monthly, disrespectfully classy, Marky e. Blassy, Kyle Riley, Mike children, Joe ice. Thank you very much for your patronage each and every month. You are basically the sponsors of this show. Cause as, um, as doc knows, and I've told the people on Facebook, uh, we turned down a bit of a deal recently related to, uh, joining a, I guess you can call it a network. It was more than just, um, the fact that we were going to have certain sponsors. Um, the sponsors was just one part of it. There was a lot more to it, but that was the one that would make more most sense to you all. But yeah, we turned some things down uh, to keep true autonomy of the show and what we like to do uh, to keep our feed where it currently is. We turned some things down. So yeah, I just wanted to make mention of that. Anyway, Doc, um, you, were, you were definitely on board with just keeping things the status quo because of how loyal of a fan base we have. And as you said, the army matters to you, right?
5: Well, and, and the thing of it is, is that you never want... Look, you can, it's real easy for an outside entity to come in and say, no, we want you to be you until you start being you. And then it's a problem.
4: Bro, say that again, because you just said it all. You really, really said it all. They're like, oh, really, no, that's all good. Everything, everything's fine until so a few, a you're a you too ag- much.
5: A few years ago... Maybe more now. And I don't watch these shows, but I remember like the one of those award shows, the Oscars, the Grammys, somebody had Seth MacFarlane, and he's the guy who writes Family Guy, right? And I'm not a big Family Guy guy or, or Seth MacFarlane fan. I don't dislike. I don't have an opinion. But he's an edgy motherfucker. And they were like, oh, we want him because he's hot because he's edgy. And then he went on the show and started cutting promos on people and they were like, Oh, he was too edgy. Bro, get the fuck out of here. That's what you hired him to do.
4: <laughs> you so, nailed it.
5: So we can't. It's important. Look, I ain't going to lie. Let me cut straight to the with the army. If some podcast company wants to come on here and pay me more than I'm making at my shoot job so that I don't have to wake up every morning at five fifty and go to work, then we'll cut out all the cussing like Steve Austin did and we'll pin me, pay me. We'll we'll pin me, pay me. I'll look up at the lights and y'all hate us and I'll be rich and I don't care. But until then, it ain't worth it. (laughs) The last thing I need is somebody I don't really know telling me to cuss less because we're trying to sell sponsorship to shit y'all ain't going to buy.
4: That's the other part of it that I don't know if anybody wants to, you know, really The
5: The fleeting nature of those of those of those sponsorships is that nobody's going and buying that shit you know here's the here's the dirty secret every single one of us that listens us the army we get to those ads and it's like ff 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 (laughs) oh shit i went too far i gotta back up (laughs) so there's the exposing the business we'd rather just bring it straight to you and be filthy and to be honest the patronage that you guys do is the reason we're able to do that.
4: Amen. Speaking That's of, right. do you, you got any shout outs this week? Uh, you well, you something? didn't
5: send me anything, son.
4: Oh, you wanted me to send that today.
5: Oh yeah, I did. I so didn't have the time,
4: man. I mean, I, I, I literally I, worked until like an hour ago.
5: Oh wow. Hour and a half. Really? No, not an
4: hour. That's a lie. It was about, it was two hours ago now, but.
5: Okay. Well, so uh, I'm going to shift gears, call it in the ring. Uh, pivot on the fly my partner my uh, my my opponent botched his spot but i'm gonna cover for him so what i had intended to do was shout out every hall of fame patron because as we just talked about you guys are the ones keeping us on the show and so for a while i'd come on here with the spotlight and i i would spotlight the do, the spot monkeys right the guys that are out there spot monkeying it up on on social media for us and hey we appreciate that but there's also something to be said for the crew of people that are just patrons every month that, you know, don't have to go out and stand on their head on social media, but, but it helps keep things going. And I'm thinking about the Thogs, the, the Unconvinced Rays. Who else? Whatever.
4: Thog, Unconvinced Ray. I mean, there's there. look, I don't want to – I'll have to send you some more, but – uh, I'll, I'll send you I'll send you some for next week. And we'll, so we're we'll, going we'll go, go, go to. Yeah, we'll
5: we'll, we'll we'll get that done next week. So what I really want to do is, is flip the script a little bit. I'm going to bring that the, the house, the house lights down a little bit, the mood down a little bit. Um, apparently, we have some unfortunate news uh, surrounding one of our good, good faith. You know, I won't say he's a general because there's only three of those, but uh, we'll say a lieutenant in the BTT Army, um, Gerald Green out there does he have a twitter handle you'd like to because you know i don't know those
4: At gerald green i i i
5: well apparently
4: great man
5: yeah his pops who's a docaholic for real he's the guy who if you guys remember with us he wore the he wears his um doc doc docaholic for life uh t-shirt to all of his doctor's appointments okay well uh, for whatever we we do know that it is serious and so I won't say that an army army is a family, but it's the closest thing we have to one. So we want to send out some positive thoughts to Joe Green and his pops. They've been they have been long time listeners. You got to you got to. I know he kicked out once. He's got to kick out again. Right.
4: He's got to kick out again. So pops man,
5: people and, you know, and, you know, Mike, man, chemo is almost as bad as the cancer. Right
4: uh from what i didn't personally experience but i watched my dad go through i don't wish that on nobody not even my worst enemy man that's just a that's a terrible thing man it's just terrible so uh gerald and your pops seriously get well go kick its ass again and um you know let's keep let's keep doing this thing in the 2021 and beyond and let's keep pops around so he can keep enjoying and uh, he can continue to wear that docaholic for life T-shirt that he walks around in. So there's that. Uh, all right, we're, Doc. So,
5: well, hey man, without Harper here, we you know we got started on time. We actually got started early.
4: Jesus Christ, we're actually about to get into the NWA portion well... of the show, right?
5: <laughs> yeah, and we got God, we have some damn. things that are brewing here. I mean, <laughs> this thing's running like a well oiled machine.
4: <laughs> man, what the hell? Uh, all right. So before we do that, I do need to mention a couple of new Patreon members out mm. there. So let me mention them. We got Mitchell Johnson, longtime BTT Hall of Fame Patreon member. He actually bumped up his pledge this week. So thank you, Mitchell. Mm. Greatly appreciated. Mitchell is a very, very long time old school wrestling fan. Um, he he contributes to the Facebook page. He contributes on Twitter. So thank you, Mitchell. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. He's been with us for a while. So I'm thankful for him. Uh, Joel Shook signed up. He is now a proud BTT Patreon member. So thank you, Joel. And then John Molman signed up and he is also a proud Patreon member. So thanks, John. We appreciate you signing up and becoming a patron. And uh, just remember to enjoy all the extra Patreon content that's out there. We drop shows regularly, the world class shows, these PWI top tens that we do. There's ECW shows. All that good stuff is available and Doc. Uh, we're doing November 19, eighty eight right now. We've got a Clash of the Champions coming up in about three weeks, maybe a little less, uh, as I do the math. Actually, probably about two and a half weeks from now. We got a we got the Clash Four is coming up at the beginning of December. So there you go, man. It's we're a, getting close to that. It's
5: a ver it's a veritable super card.
4: The Clash? Oh yeah. Oh, you're being sarcastic. <laughs> you say that, so. But anyway, we're still going to cover it because we promised to do so. And you can get that at tinyurl.com/patreonbtt. That's tinyurl.com/patreonbtt. Thank you for your support. If you're a Patreon member, if you're not, consider becoming one. And if you don't become one, oh well, you still get this free show free of charge. There you go. All right, Doc. Are we ready to get into Saturday Night on TBS from November the nineteenth, nineteen eighty-eight?
5: Uh, Very much so. Thank you, sir. All
4: right, so let's do this thing, pal. Uh, November 19, 1988, we Mm. open the show. Uh, Can you see my screen? I didn't ask you. Uh, Oh,
5: yeah. Here comes Tommy Rogers. He shoots Rotunda into the ropes with a big high drop kick. Punch over to Dr. Death.
4: Okay, I I wasn't looking for your commentary, but that's fine. You're doing a good job, actually.
5: Well, you always complain that that I just go, Oh, so I thought I'd just show the people that I'm capable. Man, let me tell you something. You know what one of the hardest jobs in the world is? What? Play-by-play basketball on the radio.
4: I would not want that job for nothing. Those dudes don't shut up. Mm-mm. They're constantly tough. Swings into the front court, swings to the back court, swings to the left, swings the- You're like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's a tough one. And see, you and I are old enough to remember when... I guess we couldn't watch all the games on television, so... You probably listened to a bunch of games on the radio. Am I wrong?
5: I did. I listened to more baseball games as a kid. Um, but yeah, I've listened to basketball. I used to also in college. I delivered pizzas. That's to nice. Make some mo- well, I had to make some money, dog. Well, of course. I, I would. I didn't. I didn't grow up like you know Triple H, an aristocrat. <laughs> and shit.
4: Okay. Uh, back to the opening of the show. So we open the show. We see a match between the Fantastics and the Varsity Club. Uh, Varsity Club being Rotunda and Dr. Death on uh, mm. the Fantastics. We then head to the we're studio. Gonna,
5: we're going to talk about more. I had some notes on this later. We're going to get to that. That was good stuff.
4: Yeah, we, we certainly will. Tony tells us that we will get our very first Starcade 1988 update as Doc over there pops open another White Claw, I believe. And then David Crockett says he's going to talk to Rick Steiner to finally hear what he has to say. And we also get the return of Sting. Um, Doc was glad he's gone. Now he's coming back. That I'm sure made you happy, Doc. Pretty go. Yeah. Okay. So. After that opening, we go to Bam Bam Bigelow, who defeats Trent Knight with a gourd buster. I had nothing from it. Doc, what did you have, okay. if anything?
5: Take a look at Trent Knight here as we come into the ring here. Well, wait a minute. God almighty. Fucking Ink's a disaster. In the best way. <laughs> that hair is it's just orange and fried. So, Trent Knight. He either looks like Magnum TA's cousin. Or the third original Midnight Express alongside a and Rose.
4: I would give... Yes, both of those are correct. Okay. The mustache, the hair...
5: I'm surprised they didn't do something with him, man.
4: I mean, he really does look like... And, he, a, and he's, like not,
5: a, I mean, he's not... I mean, he's not, you know... He's built all right. You get him oh, on a cycle done. or two... He's, He's ready
4: to go. He don't even need a cycle, man. I mean, he's got that typical 1980s wrestler look to him. Like, True. he's a little lanky, but it's because I think he's a little tall. But he's not. I mean, he's got a build where I guess if he ever talked or cut a promo, you'd, you'd be like, all right, well, maybe this guy knows what he's doing. Now, he's not selling good at all for Bam Bam. I can tell you that right there. He, he sold that last punch, but... Bam Bam's hitting him in the back and he's kind of just like see that see that sell right there when he when he headbutted him that's not a sell. That was alright bump but other than that he's he's not selling well. So. Okay. So you're saying
5: know. there's a reason there's a reason why he didn't climb the card. That's fair.
4: There may have been I mean, because man, I mean even
5: I missed that. That was a really nice snap suplex right there from Bigelow. That's a big move from a big guy in 1988.
4: But you, you if you watch Trent Knight right here. And then you go back and watch Arn in like Mid-South when he was very young. Arn, you you didn't know he was going to be Arn, but when you watch him bump and sell, you you can go back and watch those matches and go, this guy's got something. You didn't know he could talk at that point. You didn't know anything else about him. But when you watched him bump and sell for the guys that he put over every single night that or every single time he was on TV, you knew he could do something. I don't know if Trent Knight, that that's the one thing I would okay. say Trent Knight is missing right now. So
6: that's now. a good
5: that's a big question is, is that we all kind of look at the you know, the army, but for wrestlers, I mean, y'all are looking at it through a different lens.
4: I think fans are okay. educated enough now, like our listeners are educated enough where they, they, they know to look for it too. But that that that's what comes to me when I watch this guy. Okay. Um but I gotta agree with you. He's got the look like when he oh, stands yeah. there with that, I mean, he's got that Magnum mustache kind of. But
5: he doesn't. But he doesn't have enough of a look to overcome the deficiencies in the ring.
4: See how he did? Let me. Go he back just stood a
5: second. there and took. The, he just stood there and took that punch.
4: This is Bigelow who punches him, and watch what he does. Just watch him. He don't fucking move. That's a second a when he bumps, but that's. Come on, bro. He's just. Yeah, that's not good.
5: Can you imagine if he had done that to Ron Garvin?
4: Oh, dear God. Garvin would have made himself. Right. After he after he stood Bigelow, on his face and tied him up like I mean, a pretzel.
5: Bigelow, Bigelow's still halfway green here. So, I mean.
4: Bigelow's being nice to him. He's being very nice. That was a nice move by Bigelow. That kick to the back of the head for a big guy his size. Bigelow so, had some. Bigelow had a lot. And they just, not I think we got a little bit more than a month left with him. I think that's it, unfortunately, so Bigelow wins, and then we go to a Humperdink and Bigelow promo. um did you want to play it, doc? The only note I actually had was that the crowd was really rowdy.
5: Well, those three numb nuts,
4: yeah, they don't shut up the whole time
5: um he so at one point, I think it's Humperdink says the Bigelow guy his tattoos, his first tattoo in the ninth grade. And my only note on that was, so ninth grade tattoos in 1988 does not scream baby face.
4: Uh, that's a good point at all, at all. I didn't have, did you have anything else from it? I thought, I thought Humperdinck was good. I thought it was clear here. Why Humperdinck is the one doing the talking. God, he looks so scummy. With that hair and that shirt. And those damn glasses. And then I think Bigelow says a few things. And you're like alright. I but, can see why Humperdinck is But the thing
5: here is. And I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole. Every wrestler on Monday night. Or Wednesday night. Looks like they were created in a video game. With a custom creator. These two Numb nuts rolling off the street, saying we want a piece of the action, and that's infinitely more interesting to me.
4: Yes, because it's not cookie cutter, and you're right. We don't, we don't, we won't go down that route. But that's exactly what this is. Look at Humperdinck I mean, he's, he's a, a buffoon.
5: Yeah, <laughs> but he's out there. He's loud. He's, a, he's loud talking. He's <laughs> pumping up his guy, and, and and I say disaster in the most respectful way possible because he's doing his job to a T.
4: Let me ask you a question. You watch Raw. What manager do uh, you hear talk for their people? No, not, I'm not saying you watch it. I'm saying if you watch Raw today. What, who is the only manager you hear from? Heyman. And that's all you're going to get from a manager talking. Everything else is every other wrestler out there cu- cutting 5, 10, 15-minute promos. Or some backstage hey- phony, phony promo.
5: And Heyman is the best part of every Raw that I watch.
4: And we're going to talk about Heyman later in this episode because he's fantastic. Yeah.
5: Yeah. So, See? anyway, oh, look at those tattoos.
4: Yeah, those tattoos are something else, man. Oh, getting your head tattooed. <sighs> All right. Okay. So, we go to the next match. It is the Fantastics who defeat Joe Cruz and Mike Jackson. Doc, anything from it? Who? Joe Cru- The Fantastics defeat Joe Cruz and Mike Jackson? Oh, no. Okay. Uh, As you can see, they're already plugging Clash of the Champions 4 right here. Season beatings. And right after that.
5: (laughs) Season beatings sounds like some ECW shit from 96. So I kind of like that.
4: I do too. Clash 4, that is. All right. So we then go to Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express. Now, mm, this this is good. So let me just hit play and we'll talk about it after.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen. Coming in now, Jim Cornette. And the Midnight Express. One more time. You know something? Somebody came up to Bobby last week in the airport and he said, Bobby Eaton, I'm not surprised that Dennis Connery come back and wants to kick your butt because you guys fired him. Well, let me tell you something. Hey, you people can shut up again, too. Because I got something to tell you again this week. I never told anybody why Dennis Condry left the Midnight Express because Bobby Eaton wanted it that way. But brother, it's time to tell some people the truth because Dennis, after what you've done the past couple weeks, you don't deserve the consideration. Dennis Condry, at one time we were just like family, brother, and Bobby Eaton was your best friend on the face of this planet. But after a while, toward the end, you let your personal problems get in the way of business. You weren't concentrating. You were missing matches. You lost your ambition. And it wasn't bad enough that it was happening to you, but you were dragging us down with you. And Dennis, we went to you and we said, let us help you, because we don't want to make a change, but we might have to. And you turned your back on us, Dennis. You're the one that walked away from us. You wouldn't let us help you, because you wouldn't help yourself. But then what sticks to your craw is we call Stan, and Stan came in and at first he was Dennis Cosby's replacement, but then all of a sudden the replacement became greater than the original and before long everybody realized that Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane were the Midnight Express and they were a greater team than any that came before him. So you're glad you get Randy Rose who has beat people up from one end of this country to the other, but he'll never be the friend who yet Bobby Eaton was because he's a backstabber and a traitor and he'll never be the wrestler. He came fill this man's boots, brother, he can't even lick them. And then you get Paulie Dangerously, a little Johnny come lately in the business, Pauly Dangerously, trying to make a cheap reputation, get a free ride on the wagon at my expense. Well, Polly, I got news for you, brother. You ain't a man. I've been accused of being a wimp before, not being a man, but being a wimp. Well, I may be, and I may have to work on that. But you, Paulie Dangerously, you're You know what you are? You're a worm, a little slimy, mushy worm, and I'll tell you this, just like a worm, your head is mushy, just like a worm, your backbone's mushy, just like a worm, your guts are mushy, probably dangerously, you ain't never had nothing hard on you in your life but third grade, brother, so you remember that, and you remember one thing. Like I said before, you want to fight for the name, but well, we'll fight for the name. All three of us will fight for it because it's about time that I prove something about myself. They don't need to prove anything. All they need to do is get rid of a couple of cheap imitators like Dennis Condry and Randy Rose, and that's what they are going to do. And just remember, Polly, I hope during this holiday season that you don't eat too much turkey because you still got a dinner coming up. Because after it's all over with, I'm going to take this reminder that I'm carrying around with me, and I'm going to shove this down your throat. All right. Ladies
4: and gentlemen, let's go, 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 go for action. Back.
5: Go, where? go back. Go back to. Oh, right there. To Stan? Top. Yeah, right there. Pause. Okay. What are the odds that that is a tank top that Stan is wearing that he took off some broad? That looks like a girl's tank top dude. That's <laughs> well, just not cut like that's just not cut like a dude's white beard with those spaghetti oh, straps. Those are spaghetti straps across the shoulders, man.
4: okay, so it's ironic we don't we never discussed this stuff beforehand.
5: look, one of the big reasons <laughs> that we turned down the sponsorship is that they'd want some sort of professional production here, and we literally. Do not discuss a damn thing about this shit. And if we try, like if I'm at work and I like send you something. I'm like, hey, man, did you see that? You're like, don't, 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 don't. Save it for the show. So we do no prep on this. So,
4: well, it's ironic you said something about staying. I don't have anything. I don't have a note about the spaghetti straps, but now that you said it, I can't unsee it. Because that, that does have a low, low, low cut tank top look to it but i'm and not gonna say crum- it is or hey, isn't. That
6: is
5: not cu- that's cut to show off titties man
4: okay so i'm not gonna say it's a it's a woman's tank top or a man's but what i will say is and let me say this one more time about stan lane as he stands there with that shit eating grin because look at him doc look at him in all his glory to quote william bozard on twitter in our facebook group Stan Lane is every stereotypical douchebag rolled into one right here, and we love him for it.
5: And he's sitting there thinking, I wish Jim would shut up so I could get back to the back and get my fucking Johnson in some girl's
4: mouth. <laughs> That's nice, Doc. Grow up. Come on, man. I don't know. Uh, I was recommended by Steve Sapita to, uh, or oh, Steve, Chris Sapita to to give out a Steven Javorski crank-off moment of the week, he might be cranking one off to Stan Lane right there. Now, i I just leave it at that. Because <laughs> Stan Lane looks like a straight douche. Look at that. The only thing he's missing is the freaking gold chain around his neck.
5: Yeah. Oh. So this wasn't this wasn't as hot as last week's when Corny was just ridiculous. But it was good. And basically, I like the fact that he's really, for the first time, putting Condry on blast.
4: I had that note, too, because he says... Like, I, like when you watch this for a second, you start thinking, man, is he about to break kayfabe and, and put Condry on blast, like, for real, for real, and, and say something about his marriage? I mean, I knew he wasn't, because we've heard the story now all these years later, that, you know, he didn't even know, but, like... Well, he knew, but he didn't really say it at that point. Uh, the story didn't come to light until many years later. Anyway, like, I was like, man, is he about to say what the deal is? So I, I thought that was funny. And then, you know, you got to give Corny credit. Like, he, he said some things that I'm not going to sit there and tell you it's true. But, you know, he said, we got a better version of you. And, and, and you know, it's, what's hard to deny about that is, well, they did win the NWA titles. And they were U.S. T- tag t- champs as well. So yeah,
5: Well, here's the thing. Boy, this is hard to say. In 83 and 84, I want Condry and Eaton because they looked the part. In 88, I want Lane and, and Eaton
4: because yeah, they too. looked the part. I think it was a perfect time. I know they didn't plan Con- it. And-
5: Condry, Condry is one of those guys that's caught between generations who's a badass wrestler, but by 88, it was starting to look like I mean, he was really confined to being a Southern wrestler.
4: They, they needed Stan for the, for the time frame. Stan was perfect for, for TBS. Oh,
5: yeah. Now, Stan was great earlier. Don't get me wrong. Stan with, with Steve Kern and the fabulous ones did, I mean, that's the precursor that set the groundwork for the rock and roll. But, man, Condry and Eaton in 83, is the right combination.
4: And it and it was like it was it was like it was planned even though it wasn't. Stan was the perfect replacement for the perfect time period. Right. Like like because basically and I don't say this lightly, he was like the Ric Flair of tag team for a tag team member. Who? Oh. Stan. Like what I mean by that is, you know how Flair talks about all the girls and stuff? But Flair had that flamboyant image and the way he could cut the promos. Stan just standing there. He's everything you want him to be. He didn't say a word right here, but he's got that stupid grin that he has. And like you point out the damn tank top and he's just like, come on, Jimmy, let's just get this puppy wrapped up. So hey he Jimmy, get to wouldn't, it be a
6: hoot
5: if, wouldn't it be a hood if I wore this broad shirt out there? <laughs>
6: right.
4: <laughs> oh, anyway, I just think Stan is, he, I agree. He's perfect for the time period. Like, and that's what actually makes this feud so good is that it's more of a even though this isn't the new Midnight Express, it's a it's a more because Stan is younger, a more youthful Midnight versus the the older midnight. In well, my
5: you know you know what doesn't make it good? What's that? Not paying the motherfucker off.
4: Okay, well, we'll leave that alone for right now. So, you know, okay. who knows? Maybe in the near future we can get Jim Cornette to answer that question for us. What do you think about that, Doc? I'll just call you never him know. up. I, hey, man, I, I may just do that. Okay, so any other thoughts on the promo, though, Doc? Uh,
5: yeah, it was, it was good. It, and, man, that, that suit still cuts a, It's a I love them carrying the suit around because it reminds you of the bloodshed.
4: Sure the hell does. Good Lord, it sure does. Okay, so we keep it moving and we go to the next match where we have Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert versus David Isley. Gilbert wins. I don't have any notes from it, Doc. Do you?
5: So, I thought he was with Jimmy Garvin. (laughs) Then I thought he was going to save Rick Steiner. And now I'm not sure what he's doing.
4: Um... He's going to be tagging with Ron Simmons.
5: Oh yeah, then there's that. So they're Ebony and Ivory, kind of like in the UNA. tag
4: in the U.S. Tag Title Tournament. Yeah. Look, man. So,
5: we, so what you're saying is you and I are like the Eddie Gilbert and Ron Simmons of <laughs>
4: nobody, 2020. Nobody said that. Okay. Well, <laughs> you pull some stuff out of your butthole sometimes. Oh boy. I did okay. that
5: earlier. It was really disgusting too.
4: That's 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 really nice, man. Okay. All right. So the next match um after this, we head to uh Greenwood, South Carolina to see Sting and Luger. They're defeating David Isley and Trent Knight, who we've both seen already this episode. But anyway, this that match, that particular match aired on NWA Pro. From the same week. At least that's what I believe I found in my research. So, Doc, did you have anything from Sting and Luger? I mean, they just basically win the match and that's it.
5: One of the guys fired up on Sting, which I thought was kind of funny. But, other than that. um, My only concern about this, and I'll ask you here. So, we think... Luger is after Flair, but now he's stopping that to go be in a tag team with Sting?
4: So, yeah, let's talk about that for a second. So, basically, Lex and, and Luger and Sting cut a promo after him, and, and Lex announces that he and Sting are the new are a new tag team in the NWA. Okay? Now, I thought Lex, is, Lex was solid during the promo. Sting just was screaming uncontrollably again. But, right. um, you know, he... <laughs> I don't know. It's what are, just what are that we was weird. Here? Yeah, that that's weird because and here's the thing, just for people who don't know, Sting and Luger are not in the US tag title tournament, so it's But even really... more
5: but even but even more than that. You know, you're talking about a babyface division that has really struggled since Magnum. And you found two guys, and we can discuss their merits or not with these two. And instead of figuring out a way to make make them legitimate contenders to Flair, you're teaming them up and watering them down.
4: Well, don't get too attached to them being. <laughs> don't don't they they're like training together and you know they're working out together that was part of this too but don't don't get too attached to them at least in the next month and a half or so of being some quote unquote tag team
5: man they're a it's tag a, team it's, they're a tag team for what feels like the next 10 or 11 years off and on
4: well well i mean there's something to that because i mean they were like wcw tag champs and <sighs> I'm, to, I'm talking about during the Monday Night War era. I remember that part. Right. Remember when they so were my like...
5: Point, my my yeah. point is, you know, somebody needs to put the rocket... Decide which one of these two is getting the rocket ship. And let's... Because right now, when they're together, they're not greater than the sum of their parts. Right?
4: See, Sting... Man, after that first clash, Sting could have been... To me, I'm like, I've heard people, you know, people... I've heard a lot of people say, well, Sting technically wasn't ready... Man, I don't know if you could, you could have given him the belt, but goddamn! Imagine if they did like a, you know, three match Can, series with Sting, like they did with Steamboat. So,
6: and
5: but it's 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 about everything being everything. So Flair's lost old Arn and Tully, and that's taken a hit. And now he doesn't have the clear cut contender that he needs.
4: Well, he's got Luger right now, technically.
5: Luger's over there playing with Sting, trying to get well, back i, I the
4: look, I'm not Look, I'm not disagreeing with you. Here's the thing about what you got to understand about sometimes NWA Pro and Worldwide, they would have their own storylines going on at the same time. That was completely not, different and independent from the, the whole promotion. I've, I've, I've seen that before on a lot of these episodes. I don't want to cite anything specifically, but everybody out there who watched those shows will know what I'm talking about. Looks oh, sting screaming.
5: <laughs> uh, he was
4: awful. <laughs> Hold on. I gotta play it. Here here's 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 Luga wrapping up and then watch Sting.
3: You're big and bad. But one thing's for sure. My dad told me a long time ago, if there's a problem, you can run from it, or you can fight. And me and Sting on this thing, the fight. We're not running anywhere. Okay, Sting. Ah! What? I feel great. The warriors come out talking about having to carry people all over the place. That's why they turned on the stinger. You never carried the stinger. Nowhere. You never carried the total package. Nowhere. Let's talk about the Crockett Cup. Let's talk about tag teams.
4: I played Crockett that. Cup. I Hold on. I played that for our friend Everett Starr out there. He said, more Sting Provo's screaming. So there you go. He, crocket,
5: he, said, he said the Crockett Cup. I thought we're done with that.
4: Um, uh, let's let that go, okay? <laughs> let's look at that. Let's let that go. I think he was talking about the the, the Crockett Cup from the previous year because he talked about how they tagged in that and it worked oh. out for him. Um, and they did, and they hadn't really tagged before or even after that. So that's what that was about. As he okay. screams again. Well, he reminded me of the Joker right there.
5: I just have a problem with that, but we'll choose to not focus on it.
4: Okay. You made some good points. I'm not disagreeing with you about the continuity. as is. I just I still use.
5: think that there's an opportunity to save the NWA, and I know that that's not happening.
4: You got to watch it for what it is now, man. It makes me sad. I hear you. Okay, we keep the show moving. Ron Simmons defeats Terry Jones – I don't know what to make of this guy and his tight stock. Do you have anything from it?
5: Man, that,
4: that was, was a ter- with that,
5: dude. Did you see the punch that he just tried to throw at Simmons?
4: I- I'm surprised Ron Simmons, even as young as he is at this point, just didn't just beat the dog doo-doo out of this dude right here.
5: Man, that guy looks like fucking a tan version of Edgar Winter. And if anybody out there knows what that means, have fun with that. But all I'm saying is this guy's lucky he got out of the ring in one Alive.
4: piece. Yeah, I I agree. Uh any other thoughts on Ron and defeating Terry Jones right there? Uh
5: no. Okay.
4: Um hold on one second doc, I need to get to the next timestamp where we're going to listen to I believe we got Barry and JJ coming up. So let's see what they have to say. Remember Barry is in this feud right now with Bam Bam. They're going to be leading up to Starcade uh, for a match there. So let's go to it.
7: Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, the United States Heavyweight Champion, Barry Wyndham. Barry, you've had a lot of things heavy on your mind. Dusty Rhodes wants a chance of that heavy title. Heavy on my mind. Wait a minute. Heavy on Bam, my mind. Bam Bam Bigelow. Isn't that correct?
3: I'll tell you what, I want to get something off my chest right now. Now, I am the United States Heavyweight Champion. I have defended this championship at all times. Not once have I ever backed away from anybody. You don't become champion by backing away from people. The way you become champion is defending a championship or going out for a championship, fighting anybody that you can. Bam Bam Bigelow comes out here and gets in my manager's face and thinks that I'm gonna back away. Listen big boy, it's not gonna happen. Hupperdink, you better teach him a few things. Dusty Rhodes, you better talk to Hupperdink and Bigelow because I tell you what, I am not gonna back away from anybody. Dusty Rhodes knows better than anybody in the world that I am not afraid of any man walking the earth. My championship is what I am proud of. The heritage of the Horsemen is what I believe in, and this championship is going to remain with me until I want
1: to do other things.
7: Ladies and gentlemen, when we come back, we have the Starcade
1: update.
4: All right, Doc. I don't have anything specific. I just thought Barry was solid in his look. The whole nonverbal, the mannerisms, all was just great. What did you think?
5: I thought he was really good. Listen up, big boy. And him in the suit, he's looking extra douchey because he's the southern guy, which is fantastic. Right. Um, he He's like, man, I, I guess you're new, but you need to get some of those people around you to have a conversation with you because this ain't how this is going to go. I'm going to lose this thing when I'm ready. And he's talking about the heritage of the horsemen. I thought that he packed a lot into a little bit of time and a really, really strong promo.
4: Yeah, he was good. Well, he said, listen, he...
5: listen. I mean, he's a big dude and he's going, listen up, big boy.
4: <laughs>
5: That's a great little line.
4: Yeah. And cause, again, cause it's...
5: Cause, cause it's, it's dismissive in the way he's doing it. But I, I don't know. I, I really, I really thought that was great.
4: He's being dismissive to a big old dude too. Right, so like, a guy,
5: the guy that we just learned got his first tattoo in ninth grade.
4: Disrespectful to that big dude. Are you crazy? But that's a good heel. I mean, you know, right?
5: Let's well, and and you walked up on my manager. Come on, pal.
4: Yeah, get the flying out of here. Okay. I thought it was great. Good stuff from Barry. So we'll go now to, after that, we go to a Starcade 1988 update. And we got Tony Schiavone and Magnum TA. They're in one of the arenas. I'm not sure if we're still in Greenwood. Uh, I believe we may be, but who knows. So let's get an update from them. They're going to tell us where Starcade 88 will be from. Okay, hold, so hold on real quick. Yeah.
5: Isn't it a little weird that we're just now announcing where Starcade is? It's
4: the 80s, man. I mean. <sighs> I mean, they I mean, they had known for a while, but they had known for a while, I'm sure. But they just didn't announce the date or didn't announce where. Okay. So anyway, uh, but it makes me wonder, like, yeah, because it's um Starcade. Just so you know, is December the twenty sixth of eighty eight. So, I mean, you're really like thirty nine days away, right here. Uh, not thirty nine. Um. Well, no, a little bit less than that, but still, you're, you're just over 30 days away from it. And shoof. I don't know. I mean, I wonder if like maybe people knew it just wasn't formally announced. I don't know. I don't know. Let's go to it now, though. Here's here's Tony and Magnum.
7: Biggest event in wrestling, you talk about one thing. Fans all over the country, worldwide, know what we're talking about. We're talking about Starcade. Since 1983, it's meant the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. And fans, Tony Schiavone, I've been with every Starcade since 1983, and very proud to have this man with me, Magnum T.A., who's our special guest host on each and every of the Starcade updates this coming season. Fans, a big announcement. I know you're very excited about it, Magnum. That this year, Starcade '88, True Grit will be held on December 26 in your hometown, Norfolk, Virginia, at the Scope Coliseum. What a great announcement, and I know you're very excited about that. I couldn't be any more excited because you know this is the granddaddy of them all, and I have some great wrestling memories from Norfolk. I had some of the most classic battles of my career right there in the Norfolk Scope. And December 26th is going to be a lot of classic battles going on because we all know it all comes together at Starcade, and I can't wait to be there and be a part of it this year. Not only that, Magnum T.A. will be a part of Starcade. We understand that the N.W.A. lining up all the great talent, all the great matches, as always from around the world. The World Heavyweight Champion is once again committed. To be a part of Starcade this year. And also, Magnum, I know you're excited about your program, Straight Talk with the Boss. You have a chance to present it live that night at the Norfolk Sculpt during Starcade. That's exactly right. It's going to be live, and I'm in negotiations right now trying to sign up the top talent because there's some big questions out there. The wrestling world wants to know about it, and I'm going to get right to the bottom of it live at Starcade this year, December 26. We're going to have some real serious Straight Talk with the Boss. All right. It's all at the Norfolk Sculpt, Starcade 88, True grip coming your way on December 26th. And I think fans all across the country will agree with me on one thing. This man, what do you think of? I still think of him as the U.S. heavyweight champion, Magnum T.A. Let's go back in time and take a look at Norfolk's own Magnum T.A.
4: Well, after that, they replay Magnums running on the beach and whatnot, um, training. Uh, I don't have anything from this, Doc, so I'll, I'll leave that part alone. But any thoughts on the Starcade update right there from Tony and Magnum?
5: I got some thoughts on all of this. Look, you want to give Magnum a job and keep him engaged. I am 100% behind that. I think it's a great thing to do. Now I'm going to start picking holes in things.
4: Because that's what you do.
6: (laughs)
5: Starcade, true grit. So we're going to talk about a John Wayne movie. In 1988,
4: well, we know how you feel about John Wayne movies.
5: Well, we just tried to go national, and now you're doing this John Wayne bullshit. The Jim Ross and Dusty Rhodes, because their daddies didn't love them enough, that are always trying to get their... get there. Well, that's what a real man is. Man, it is 1988. You're not going to see what so. Let me look something up real quick. Example a little bit on this I,
4: video. I think Talk you, about. I think as you're looking something up, I think you need to for for people to understand your John Wayne hatred. I think you need to explain in a not political fashion <laughs> why okay, you so... hate John Wayne so much. Because well... I know you can do it without bringing politics into it.
5: It's all the old dudes at work that think that they need to be John Wayne at work when nobody needs that shit. Everybody needs you to show up to the meeting with your action items done. Just do your job. Shut the fuck up. We don't need a hero. This shit was done in 1969, so it was 19 years old. It would be as if Wrestlemania came out this year and picked a movie from 2001 and said, this is our theme. That's some bullshit. And everybody would call them on that bullshit. (laughs) It's a bunch of guys that want to go back to the old days. And when does that shit ever work long term? The world is moving forward. And this video is terrible. It is awful. I couldn't remember if we've ever seen it before, but yeah, how, about you show, how about you show more than two clips of him in the ring, and there's a fucking bird flying around. You want to show him on the beach with his mom? That's great, but he, ought, they ought to show him kicking ass in the ring. This is some bull fucking shit. This is horse shit,
4: so, and,
5: I ain't, and I ain't down on Magnum. I'm down on the production staff that said this is the way we ought to go. What I'm saying is Magnum's fine there. I want Magnum involved. Let's keep Magnum in, in the mix. getting him a paycheck. I'm all for that. And I like Tony saying, I've been with this shit since 83, so I'm ready to roll. I like all that. I'm just saying, this is a bullshit. There's a bird soaring in the air. Let's we'll see it drop some crap on the ground. <laughs> Maybe he should drop some. <laughs> what if that bird shit on Magnum while he's standing on the beach with his mom?
4: Grow up. Grow up come on man i look this 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 whole segment with the beach and it goes on forever and magnum's walking with his mom i i wouldn't have mind a video package right here of magnum you know i wouldn't have minded that at all that would have been fine like you know his wrestling career but they do this package with the mom walking on the beach again and I, it's obviously some dubbed-over music. I, I just... I, it does, it's dumb. Man, I here's don't... The thing.
5: Here's the thing. World Class was doing much better shit than this four years earlier. And now WCW or NWA is the only one left. And y'all can't do better than this? Maybe there's a reason why we're going to lose. And I'm joking to some degree there. But it's like, really? This is the best you could do for Magnum? Man, they ought to data somewhere in there, having the music pipe down in here, tell yelling, I quit, I quit.
4: I, I, again, I can't argue with you. I actually didn't even tie in True Grit to to your favorite actor, John Wayne. I didn't, I didn't even, that, that didn't even cross my mind. But... Even
5: if we want to dress up and play cowboy, the shit is from the 60s. It, the movie came out in 1969. And so, like I said, it's 19 years old. <sighs> what are we doing?
4: But doc, you know, and young all, folks all nowadays use that same argument with us. When, whenever, whenever we talk about, you know, our love for old wrestling or love for oh, I old things.
6: Oh, I, I absolutely. I'm just, I, like, look,
4: I'm not, I'm not, I'm not agreeing with it. I'm playing devil's advocate here.
6: So
5: there's different, there's different things that are okay. Um, so music you can go back on to a degree but even my son's like I'll play some hot jams and he's like really? This is some old timey bullshit. But his favorite mm-hmm. band his favorite band that I play is Queen and his favorite song is Another One Bites the Dust. No there's lie. That's a shoot. That's a shoot, right? So there's things that are timeless. Um TV shows most of the shows from the 80s when we were kids suck. There's only a few that hold up. Yeah. wrestling had a golden age in the eighties. Let's be clear. Cause I don't, we were lucky to grow up in that, but I'm not one of these guys that's going to sit there and say, Oh, the 85 Mavericks would have really fared well against Brett, get the fuck out of here. Today's today's. I mean, do I think there's certain players that translate to any era? Absolutely. Do I think Charles Oakley could rebound in any era? You're damn right. Do I think Michael Jordan could, could get it done? Do I think Dan Marino could drop back and deliver a pass in any era? Absolutely. But if we're going to line up against the ages, give me today's team.
4: Well, there are certain players Justin, who, who think, translate in any era. Do
5: you think Justin Ver, Verlander or whoever would just, just – destroy the 27 yankees let's be real they ain't ever seen shit like that it would be filthy they couldn't handle it (laughs) they wouldn't the astros wouldn't have to cheat
4: there's players though that played in those that that era that would be stupid good today especially in basketball where the where the defensive rules are just non-existent i mean like
5: so so the point there my point is it's not a it's not about time as much as it's how you're presenting your product and in the South.
6: And true it, grit,
4: brother. brother.
5: Right. So my point is, we're from the South.
4: Strap them up by your bootstraps and get this shit done, man. We're going to go out here and we're going to get some shit moving. There, Dusty okay, was catering so, to so, the with that I'm, true I'm, grit shit.
5: I'm going to have a conversation about something that is going to go over your head, but it's important to think. We've talked about this. There is a unity in the South. And if you're not from around here... The southern United States is one of the most bewildering places on earth because on an average day, if you walk down the streets, people are friendly. They're nice, but there's a history of racism. There's a history of of just classism. There's there's there were lynching violence. But you could hold it. uh, Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. And people will talk about how friendly people are in the south. And so there's a whole lot to be – I mean I'm proud to be from the southern United States, and there's a, there's a rock and roll band that came out in the last 20 years called the Drive-By Truckers that actually wrote a, a lot about southern rock. And they come from Alabama and Georgia, and they talk about the duality of the southern thing, and it applies here. Cause like we like southern wrestling because the way it was applied, but part of it was you had the fans that went along with the violence and the craziness and the riots, and the duality of the southern thing is your racism and you're nice and you're polite and your church going and all this, And, and, and the people you know a lot of people carry that baggage, but the point is what I'm trying to make here about the branding, and I'm taking a long way around to get back to the point is we're talking about how you brand this product. And now in 88, it is Crockett and McMahon. Probably now it's Turner and McMahon because Crockett took a run at it and failed. And this even exemplifies my point even more, is that Turner's looking to take this thing national. And so we are always have the Southern wrestling roots, but we are encumbered by that Southern heritage. And so we're going back in time to the good old days and we all know what that means from a southern perspective but (laughs) we're going back to the good old days and Vince is over on the other channel five years earlier bringing in mtv and going forward things and getting on uh nbc and, and doing those you know presenting his product as a is a hip alternative to Saturday Night Live that's grown stale and we're talking about movies that are 19 years old and that those movies happened 100 years earlier it's not not a great way to brand your product and I blame Dusty for that because he was stuck in the old western thing and hey you know what live and let live if you want to go home at night Tony Soprano style get you a big bowl of ice cream and sit down and watch some westerns knock yourself out I don't give a shit but if we're talking about running a, one, the only viable competition to Vince out of business, let's get the, let's get our heads on straight here.
4: Daddy Doc ruined Doc with the John Wayne stuff, <laughs> and any reference to John Wayne will send Doc on a 20-minute rampage, like he just went on about why this is some bull. Now, as I say that, I agree. WWF is moving forward with the hip stuff, MTV, yada 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 catering to the young crowd as much as we hate it hey it was working blah 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 but here i agree there's something to naming it true grit and all that stuff let's go to something more positive though how about that doc
5: well you know i i love the power of positivity
4: so with that said jim ross throws us to greenwood south carolina where the fantastics are wrestling dr death and mike rotunda with sullivan and steiner on the outside are we gonna listen to
5: the crowd here
4: I don't have a time you have a timestamp directly no, or I what? Just, oh. Well, what I was gonna say was so let's go back. Cause here, I'll play this. I, I don't even know if this is the soundbite I'm looking for. Steiner Steiner is about to grab Rotunda's leg on the outside, and then Steiner and Dr. Death are gonna start brawling, and it's insane. Here it is.
6: The fans are yelling, stop!
4: Look at them, Doc. Watch them punching each other.
0: loose.
4: We don't have word on the Those big bastards were going at it, man. Are you there? Okay, Doc left me. I'm here by myself. Doc, if you're there, they're going at it. Are they not? He's on the call. I don't know what's going on. Doc, take yourself on mute. Anyway, let me run with the show now since Doc is out there doing whatever. Maybe LaFonda came in there to, you know, circle, circle, dot, dot, or something. Uh, Doc, if you can hear me, now would be a good time to chime in. Oh, great. All right. So, basically what happened there is, um, you know, the Fantastics are wrestling Dr. Death in Rotunda with Sullivan and Steiner on the outside, and... Steiner pulls Rotunda's leg and it appears to, you know, he's trying to help the Fantastics. This leads to the Varsity Club beating down, the Varsity Club beat down Rick Steiner on the outside and then on the inside of the ring. Um, Shivani says, Shivani says, we saw this coming. Thanks for telling me you were stepping away. Tommy Young declares that the Fantastics have won the match. If you listen to Shivani at the end of this, and I'm hold not going to play hold, it.
5: Hold on, hold on, hold on. Get a timestamp there.
4: Timestamp on what?
5: Okay, never mind. Keep going.
4: So, if you listen to Shivani at the end of this, he mentions that they, being the Fantastics, are going to advance in the tournament. So, just for the record, because they're not really talking about this a lot, this U.S. Tag Title Tournament, but I'll mention it. Right. The Fantastics in uh, battled Dr. Death right here in Mike Rotunda, this was technically a first-round match in the U.S. Tag Title Tournament. Now, so just so we're aware of that, I want everybody to know that was a title tournament match right there. OK, so Man, and
5: that would have been, nice. been nice to know.
4: And um, so, yeah, I just wanted to to, to mention that because I don't know if we've we've really talked about that at all now. So, yeah, there there's that. I just uh, so we got that out the way. Now, we've also kind of talked about the sheep herders. A little bit, and I know we haven't really talked about this a ton, but I did mention the sheepherders actually were also in this tournament, and Ron Simmons and Eddie Gilbert wrestled them. But the sheepherders technically won, but the decision was reversed because they went to the WWF, they being the Sheepherders. So they haven't really talked a lot about this tournament, but you just that was the end of, of one of the tournament matches for the record. So I just wanted to put that out there as we are Doc and I are talking okay. about now. Doc, what else you got to say about this battle? God, man, these guys are well, at it.
5: Bruh, when Dr. Death and Rick Steiner teed up outside, they were throwing bombs at each other.
4: That was a fucking fight. Dude,
5: that was <laughs> phenomenal. That if, you're looking, <laughs> if you're watching along here, Sullivan hit him, Steiner hit Sullivan, and in comes Dr. Death and these two bastards. Look at that. That's what I need to see on Monday night at least once a month. Just those two dudes were like, look at that. Mm, that's awesome, man, because Rotunda got him from behind. That was great. <laughs> then my other note was at the end at pretty soon coming up here in another about minute, forty-five forty, I think, or forty-five thirty-five. I The thing that I thought, and it's always the little things that I thought I thought Dr. Death was going to rip off Steiner's whole get up there and just make him nude. But the thing that I thought was phenomenal was when the Fantastics come in in a minute right here and chase him off. It's the little things. So here they come. He, he knocks him down. They're still beating up on on Rick. And, God, would you get to it when the Fantastics come in?
4: They're coming. They're coming. I, I didn't want to. I what? wanted to watch the beat down, but. Watch
5: Bobby Fulton. Watch Bobby Fulton. Fulton is fantastic. Haha, <laughs> get it? Right here? Where he's standing... Watch Fulton. He's got clenched fists. We won, we won. And now he's looking at Steiner.
4: Yeah, because he doesn't yeah, know.
5: He- right. So he turned on Sullivan, but we don't trust him yet. We don't know why it's the little things. It's like, okay, yeah, the crowd's into it, but we got to protect our ass because this guy's big and bad. We're not sure what he's doing.
4: Steiner and Dr. Death went at it on the outside.
5: God, that was amazing. That That, was uh, that was phenomenal.
4: It almost reminded me of Magnum and Tully. During the baby doll kiss. In 85. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the same. Good, that, I said that's almost. A good, that's
5: a good callback though.
4: It almost did. And it, I, I say that because Magnum and Tully, they were, they, that, they just, somebody did smarten them up, man. They were just firing off live rounds on each other's heads and they didn't even give a shit. Dr. Death and Steiner, they were throwing bombs, but, but it wasn't connecting quite as good as Magnum and Tully back in 85, but it was good. And I agree, we need to see more of that. And that shit made me go, damn, what a beatdown. And it's evident now, Steiner is out of the varsity club, and we're not done with Steiner. I can just tell you that right now. We got some more good stuff coming up with Steiner. And I'll leave it at that. Okay.
5: Man, how rid- how ridiculous did Kevin Sullivan look in that Oklahoma sweater right there? <laughs> it's a white, long-sleeved sweater with the red O on it. Get the fuck out of here.
4: A, man, a, a, a sorority—I mean, a fraternity sweater buffoon.
5: Man, I lived in Oklahoma for a while, and I got to tell you, man, I fucking that stupid Boomer Sooner song. Get out of here with that shit! You live in Oklahoma.
4: <laughs> okay. All right. So we go from that great segment where Steiner is now. Uh, we would think is definitely out of the varsity club after getting beat down to the varsity club, which is Rotunda and Dr. Death with Kevin Sullivan on the outside. No Rick Steiner. As we said, they are taking on the Italian stallion and Randy Hogan. We want Steiner chance ring throughout the studio. They want Steiner. This dude is a sympathetic baby faces. I've ever seen it. Steiner. That is when I say this dude, any thoughts on this match doc is uh, Randy Hogan and Italian stallion flop around for these two. Not really. Alright, me either So Man, no,
5: he took a bad backdrop there But whatever
4: Uh, Yeah, I agree with you So then we go to a promo And we're going to hear from Sullivan, Rotunda, and Dr. Death We're going to hear from the Varsity Club right here So let's go to it Reminder, Rotunda is still the NWA World TV Champion
0: Kevin Sullivan Rick Steiner The fans, the fans are still yelling for him
1: so I, the, last time, the last time I saw Rick Steiner He was half-stripped in the middle of the ring, bleeding. So what? So what? This is the greatest combination of all times. First of all, right did you see how Doc and Mike worked together as a team? First time. There wasn't any mistakes. There wasn't anybody walking around scratching his head. There wasn't anybody getting lost at the airport. There wasn't anybody going, huh, what? It was perfect time work. He's oh. a real athlete, you that's why. Starting you're nothing but a moron, man. That's why you're out walking the streets, and that's why Dr. Death's in the varsity club. You're nothing but an idiot. Doc, you know the guys. He's stupid or what. It's like this, men. When you're good, you're good. And when you're bad,
2: you're bad. (laughs) And we're very bad. Rick Steiner, Rick Steiner should I say.
1: And you, Dusty Rhodes, don't stick your nose in the varsity club. We'll tear it right off. You know, David, it's the law of the jungle. The weak shall die, so the strong shall survive. It's real simple. If they want Steiner, we certainly would want Steiner. Because Rick Steiner, let me tell you something you don't go hunting alligators with a bb gun just remember that let's throw the raw meat in all right ladies and gentlemen you heard from the
4: any thoughts right there on the new var i call new varsity club you know what i mean the dr death version
5: i can't do harper but i can hear harper saying the weak shall die so the strong can live that's great
4: that's a hell of a line hell of a line uh, I thought this was a solid heel promo. They're making fun of Steiner. The crowd is chanting for Steiner. You know, we got to stay tuned and see where this goes. So, well, my,
5: my question is this. And I got to tell you, I had to put the call out on the, the text messaging to get Lafonda to bring me a whiskey drink to get that white claw shit out of my mouth.
6: Mm hmm.
5: But, um,. Do we know yet? have I missed it am i am I crazy? Do we know why Dr Death has turned? I feel like I want to know that <laughs> and I don't feel like I don't feel like I do
6: um, I,
5: I'm, I I'm interested in him being in varsity club. I think it's a great addition. He threw bombs on Steiner when he dropped out. I just don't know why he turned
4: uh it makes sense obviously because of the you know everybody knew he was a varsity athlete and played at Oklahoma, but I oh, agree. Yeah. Maybe we, we do want to know more of the story. And Those then I like su-
5: I like Sullivan saying you don't go hunting alligators with BB guns. Boy, that's true. I fear mm-hmm. the alligator, man. That shit's like you a sh- dinosaur.
4: <laughs> you should fear it. All right. Uh, anything else?
5: Well, I mean this has been this has been a great-
4: he muted himself again. I'm guessing LaFonda walked in, or one of the kids or something. He cannot be professional. You see what I have to deal with, everyone? He mutes himself when she brings him the whiskey sour or whatever the hell else he's throwing down his guzzle goozle this, uh, this night.
5: Bro, she's mad about something. I don't know what it is. but whatever, Of
4: course. Man. She's a right. woman. They always get mad at stuff.
5: Hot about something, right? Of course. So...
4: I'm listening. <laughs> okay. We're not going to do this all night. Uh, Paulie Dangerously introduces his Midnight Express, uh, which he calls the original. So, Paulie's Midnight Express come out and they defeat Phil Holiday and Brett Holiday. And on, my I know, was, I put, no, no, I no, no put, you're going to stop. You're not going to keep I, doing that to me. All right. I had,
5: to her, I had to put her in check, dude.
4: Anyway, this Brett Holiday guy, he's reminding me of Rocky King a little bit. And that's. My note from the match.
5: I want to know why three weeks ago the Holiday Brothers were both white, and now one of them's black.
4: Well, get used to it.
5: I mean, we make jokes about airtight, but the Holiday Brother is now a brother.
4: Maybe, maybe they're half brothers. Maybe they have a different dad.
5: No, we've seen the Holiday Brothers.
4: (laughs) You've seen another Holiday. There's a third one. There's a third Uh, one.
5: There doesn't need to be a third one. That's stupid. I'm telling you there's a third one. I'm telling you that, well, maybe mom, you know, went down to do some charity work at the prison and then got...
4: Oh, come on. Oh. He looks like Rocky King, though, to me.
5: I, well... I'm just saying the Holiday Brothers look like a damn cracked-out version of the Mod Squad, and now all of a sudden we got a super sunburned Holiday Brother.
4: That's nice. Any other thoughts on the Holiday <laughs> Brothers here that are literally two different races?
5: Do you like how do you do you like how I can make racially insensitive jokes without crossing so many lines that you still giggle a little bit at it? That's that's <laughs> an art.
4: That's a skill. <laughs> I think it's funny, man. It's like leave it alone, man. Come on. Oh, boy. All right. Any other thoughts on the Holiday Brothers here as Paul uh, Paulie's Midnight Express win their match? I
5: just, here's the thing. I wa- There's a couple of things. I want to buy into the original Midnights. And Condry's look is a little far for 88. I don't really know Randy Rose. I know the name, but I don't really know him from anything that I can latch on to. And he really does also look I mean, Joe Diffie, we heard it last week. I don't get why two Southern good old boys are going to deal with this New York shyster.
4: <laughs> the, it's all, the, it's all about I, getting back at Cornet.
5: But the thing I will say is, everybody's good enough here for me to buy in.
4: Well, Paul Lee is about to keep it real right here. Mm-hmm. So we need to go to him because... He's about to spit some fire on his promo. Here it is.
7: And Gentlemen, there's the original Midnight Express, and then there's the Midnight Express, but there can only be one.
3: Okay, you want to get personal, huh? You want to get personal, Jim Cornette? Let's get personal. Let's tell the real story, Jimmy, huh? When Dennis Condry found you, you are nothing more. Which camera's on, guys? We're going to go to this one. Okay. See, Jim Cornette, you are a nothing-happening photographer driving the wrestlers to the towns, praying that your mama kicks the bucket so you can inherit all our money. And then when Dennis finally had a good opportunity when he bought himself a ski resort called Aspen, Colorado, you got jealous. You couldn't handle the fact that Dennis Kanye was making money, could you? But the fact of the matter is, Jim Cornette, I'll give you credit. You are a great talker, but that's all you ever did as a manager. But you see, Jimmy, you never handled his plane tickets. You never handled his money. You never did anything that a manager is supposed to do. But you see, that's where I come in, man. Because I do everything for Dennis, and this man right here is a much better tag team partner than Bobby Eaton could ever hope to be. Because Dennis Condrey carried Bobby Eaton for five long years because he taught Bobby Eaton everything Bobby knows. By the way, sweet Stan, the next time you do this in front of the Midnight Express, they're going to clothesline you so goofy, you're going to pray to be in the ring with the Road Warriors. You know what I'm saying to you, man? There's one other thing I want to bring out. We're not here to fight for the name because the name is ours. We don't have to prove anything because we beat you up right here. you got to prove yourself. We're not here because the promoters need us to make their money because this is the greatest organization in wrestling and we're just the cream on the cake, man. We are here for one reason. And it's not because everybody thinks you're The Express. It's not because the people are on your side. It's not because David Crockett wants to buy himself a new tie. It's because, quite simply, gentlemen, we hate your filthy, stinking
1: guts. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the original Midnight Express. Signs up like that? Let me tell you something, David Crockett. I'll tell you real quick. You know, Jim and I keep on having a reoccurring nightmare about the first time I ever met you and your mother. It was out back in Louisville, Kentucky. You were standing out there behind the matches with all the rest of the, how I put it, ladies of the evening, mind you. And let me tell you something. Your mother kept hollering, I want two guys for my boy to manage. She wanted two guys, all right, but it wasn't for you to manage, Jimmy.
6: Mm,
0: Okay, all right, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, you'll have
4: come on. Well, that was not classy. No. Holy. Come on, was that necessary?
5: Yeah, I liked it.
4: Why are y'all talking about it like it's real? Anyway, stiff stuff right there.
5: I can't. I kept waiting for him to say, You wanted a cosmic fireball. Well, you got one in the back seat.
4: <laughs> okay, a couple things there. Paul Lee keeping it real. I mean, he mm. thought he breaks kayfabe, man. You were a lousy cameraman. Dennis saved you from that. I, whoa. And then he's imitating Stan with the wiggle. Did you catch that? He's imitating him. I thought that was funny.
5: Yeah, but I thought the line he delivered with it was great, too. You're going to wish you were. You do that again with us. You're going to wish that uh, you were in the ring with the Road Warriors.
4: Uh, True. And then Condry at the end. Your mama wanted two guys, but it wasn't for you to manage. Come on, bro.
5: The thing that I really, really liked, because there's a lot of truth to it here, again, Let's detect lies. He said, we don't have to fight you for the name. The name's ours. And technically, he's correct. Now, they got to educate most of the fans in 88 about that. But technically. they're right.
4: Did I you mean, mute yourself again? I did not. Oh, okay. I thought you did. Go ahead.
5: So, so technically, they're correct about the fact they're the originals. And they may not be the best, but
4: they're it's, not lying. It's an interesting uh, conundrum we have here, or a little feud. Pay,
5: it'd be great to pay this off.
4: Well, why don't you just stop talking about that and just go with it for now?
5: Oh, okay, I will. Sorry. All right. I'll, yeah. All right.
4: So, anyway, uh, I thought this was a tremendous promo from Paul. he you know he can cut promos. It is what it is at this point he had a,
5: well it's it's easy to see he had a natural ability from an early age. um, I think man Condry's still in his thirties there. That's ridiculous.
4: that is really ridiculous.
5: <laughs> I looked it up this week. I didn't write it down, but I think he's in his thirties. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me and that that guy.
4: He looks like he's 48 easily right there. Right. Yeah. That's something else. So, all right. Anything else doc?
5: Well, the point is, is that, I mean, there is the idea. There's two schools of thought when it comes to promos, right? You can, some people are born with it and some people learn it. And so you look at two guys that are, We've talked about on different shows here that exhibit that in different ways. You talk about Corny, who was, I mean, great out the shoot. Paul Lee was great out the shoot. Paul Lee's still delivering great promos today. And think how hard that has to be. To deliver a compelling promo on Monday Night Raw in 2020 has got to be like pushing a fucking boulder up a hill.
4: Well, and the thing is, he does it, he he cuts long ones that are good. That's the... Right, right. You know, so unlike he's ta- most he's people. He's
5: taking, he's grabbing you by the hand and taking you down the path. Yeah. The other yeah, thing he- is, so there's this one side that says, because we talked about Trent Knight. So we're talking about, you know, and you said earlier about about Arn. So it's kind of that nature versus nurture. Do, you, do you, Are you born with it or can you develop it? And the guy that I think, you know, so we talked, we just saw Paul, we we talked about Corny, those guys had it, you know, then you talk about developing it and we've seen a guy like Jericho learn how to develop it.
4: Yeah. Jericho got good. If you look at him in Smoky Mountain to now. Right. It's tremendous. The improvement is is unreal.
5: it, It is an evolution. So you can't say either one, like, oh, they either have it or they don't have it because you can develop it because Jericho is one of the best in the business on the stick in 2020 but if you go back to 1994 you go hmm I don't know I mean Lance Storm got the mic in front of him
4: and I Jericho, like Lance Storm,
5: but you know
4: Jericho was meh at best in Smokey and, and that's you watch him today and it's like man right yeah on the and mic, it, not in the ring, on the mic. In the ring they were they were they were they were good. Uh, yeah, just on the mic, man.
5: so the so the point there is when we look at some of these guys, and we're gonna really talk about one here in a second that just popped up on your screen, it's like so Sting and Luger weren't born with it. But it's developable, if that's a word. Luger's gotten passable the last few months. Sting is still a disaster. And let's go to the podium where you got somebody who's scary standing there.
4: So to wrap things up uh, from what Doc's saying, we did get the Russian Assassin's defeat, Mike, Justice, (laughs) and Curtis Thompson.
5: I didn't know you passed through that, so I've decided. You're not watching
4: the screen? We're we're just watching it.
5: I'm popping some pandas.
4: Good fucking Um, God.
5: Drinking whiskey and popping pandas. But let me tell you something. The Russian assassins are for me like the Moon Dogs and the Bruise Brothers were for us in Smoky Mountain.
4: You're being too kind to the Bruise. Br- I mean, you're being too kind to the Russian assassins on that. It wasn't their fault, though. I, I've said that before. It's not their fault. The, the 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 powers of pain left. They had to do something quick, and it's just so stupid. It's just dumb. And that's all I want to say about it right now. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Nothing else. Let's go to real Hawk And he's out there. Let's hear what he's got to say.
7: Here with one half of the World Tag Team Champions, Hawk. And Animal is not with us. Where is he right now? Where are we observing today, Tony
2: Savanti? You're right, my partner's not here. Because some of Paul's investors have taken it upon themselves to not make their yearly installments. Bad for them, good for us, we flip the coin, animals collecting, I'm on the boot tube telling you what it's all about. We're aware our stinging Lex, the Valley Girl's best boyfriend, is back in California doing what he thinks is taking care of business. Well, if you call licking your wounds taking care of business, then so be it now everybody knows where lex is he's in front of a mirror somewhere in love with himself well lex luger this kind of crap it don't do nothing in the ring against the l.o.d because you flex your sticking muscles in front of the hawk of the animal and you'll get a high boot to your sticking chops, you liver bellied lowlife scumbag. You are nothing. And you, Sting, you're so after us, so hot after the LOD. Well, I'm here, my partner's not. But that don't mean if you're here, you couldn't come out and do something about it. You don't even want to show up to TV. You're scared, boy. You're both scared. You're so stinking scared you're at home where you belong, with mamas and babies and dogs and kids and all that fun stuff. Tell them, Paul.
7: Okay, Paul, excuse me one minute, but Mr. Jim Crockett has appeared with us. Mr. Crockett, here on with us on Superstation TBS. Uh, we've been having some negotiations with Mr. Ellering. Uh, we have a, a, a situation with the world six-man tag team champions. Right. Which uh, the Road Warriors and Dusty Rhodes hold that title. And it has been agreed on Clash of Champions 4 on December the 7th that Dusty Rhodes <laughs> will meet Animal for the winning individual to pick his partner or partners for the new six-man tag team champions. So what you're saying right here if Dusty Rhodes defeats Road Warrior Animal then he gets to pick his two partners to be world six-man champion. If the Road Warrior Animal wins then he and Hawk will pick one man to become world six-man champion with him? That is correct.
1: (laughs) What about that? Well isn't that interesting? You got a lot of guts coming out here Jimmy Crockett and telling all these people here that Dusty Rhodes (laughs) The last to think, the first to volunteer, that's what you are Dusty Rhodes. Well this isn't the March of Dimes, and this isn't the Special Olympics. You're gonna wrestle Road Warrior Animal, and Dusty Rhodes, it's not gonna be pretty. Because there's only one way to keep score in this business, and that's money. And those six man belts mean a lot of money. To the Legion of Doom And Animal knows the bottom line Is corporate profits So he's going to go in there Dusty Rhodes And if I remember right This is December 7th A day that has already gone down In infamy Dusty Rhodes Animal's going to look you He's going to kick you in the back Dusty Rhodes And then he's going to turn you around And kick you in the face twice You mean to
2: tell me That Dusty Rhodes is gonna mess with my partner. I got some advice for you, Dusty. Good stinking
1: luck. We snack on danger. We dine on death. And dead men don't
7: make money. All right, a big announcement for Mister Jim Crockett. I think it's the first in the NWA, not only the Clash of the Champions, but the Clash for the Championship, right here on SuperStation TVS. We'll be back on World Championship Wrestling right after this timeout, fans.
4: Doc, any thoughts on what we just heard there?
7: I got a lot of thoughts.
5: I thought that was great, bro. Okay, so animal somewhere with the way they explain it is phenomenal. Who cares if he's there in the building and they hide it or whatever? He's all beating people up. That's phenomenal. Then, Hawk just a. Av- eviscerate Sting and Luger. Just, he may go too far with the promo, just eviscerating him and being like, bro, I'm here. You want some? Come out and get some. See, you don't, because you're scared. I'll, just walk on out, I'll whip your ass. And then he does the one thing that we just talked about with True Grit. He basically says the same shit that a John Wayne or the True Grit, the home with the kids and the wife and the babies and the blah, 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 but it's in a package that's 1988. It's Road Warrior Hawk. So he's, he's delivering that same message, True Grit, the rugged man, but he's like, I'm out here today whooping that ass. And then Ellering was decent when he's like, it's about the money, pal. He went on too long and then he kind of fell on his uh, tripped over his own feet because that's what Ellering does. But then. Hawk comes back in and is like, so you're telling me it's my guy versus Dusty Rhodes. Good luck, pal. I thought Hawk was phenomenal. He was great.
4: This is awesome. Talk was great. The explanation about where Animal is is great.
5: And you Rocket... turn these, t- and you turn these two guys loose to just beat the ass that they've always wanted to beat, and not give a shit. Let's draw some money now.
4: Yeah, this was this was some good stuff, man. This was whew, really really good. I just, and I'll go back to what I said. That's why I'm fine with them moving on from the midnight. We had seen Road Warriors versus Midnight already. We'd I'm already seen it. That. We'd I still already think seen it.
5: I think it's a mistake, but
4: okay. Well, this promo sure was good.
5: No, the promo was great, man. Even Ellering was good. We saw Jim Crockett get out there and get monotone. I mean, but we, but the other thing is, we have a little bit of closure on that that six man thing. You know, that's a that's a prestigious title.
4: I guess then, it's. I think it's. I think it's. I it's, think it's, it's funny.
5: Really, it, it's not, but <laughs> I
4: think I think it's fun. Here is what I think is funny about that. I think it's hilarious that we haven't talked about. I don't even. I couldn't tell you the last episode we talked about six man titles. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't even know the last time it was brought up. Let's bring um,
5: out. Let's bring out the fly.
4: But we got to bring out the six man titles here because. We need to do. We need to have a stipulation for this next clash that's coming up. We gotta do. We gotta have something, some type of stip, some type of meaning for the clash that's about to happen. So, can
5: you bring out? Can you bring out the fly?
4: What are you talking about?
5: He's got a fly in a jar.
4: Okay. So anyway, uh, that that's that's where I'm going with that. So anyway, uh, any other thoughts? I thought this was really. I agree with you. I thought it was a really good promo.
5: Man, I thought it was great.
4: So, with that said, we got Barry Wyndham who defeats Jerry Price. We had that happening in the background just a second ago. Uh, with the claw. With the claw. Any thoughts on that, Doc?
5: With the claw.
4: No. All right. So, um, any thoughts on Steiner's promo?
5: Yeah, let's play it.
4: All right. I don't know if you He's, to say a,
5: something
4: he's a nut job. He is. It's great. Here it is.
5: And. Kill and it gives me
3: great pleasure present you your hero rick steiner welcome hey, how you doing wow. i'm doing all right how you doing spike spike's doing all right too look at him
6: hey, it's, sure? yeah. it? it's
3: good ain't it yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah great hey how you feeling i'm feeling all right hey for those those you guys that beat me up, you know, uh, Big Chief uh, Kevin Sullivan. I'm gonna knock his head off. Well, you know, he, he says he's not finished with you yet. Uh not finished. What else is he gonna do they to say me? They're
0: gonna beat you up again. They're gonna put you out of wrestling.
3: No, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna power slam Mike Rotunda, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat up Doctor Death too. I got friends now. Come here. Look
6: right, right, Come wait here look oh, hold on, hold on,
3: hold on. Hold on. Are you my friend? See, thank you, thank you. She's my friend. Are you my friend? He's my friend. See, I have friends now. See, like at Spike too. It's good. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. This, all right, Mike Rotondo. All right, what about Doctor Dan? You know, they just are you out? Him. I already beat him once. I, I I can beat him again. Watch, I, I get him. Right. What? And you do beat. have friends everywhere right. out there? What about your friends out there? Hi, right. my friends. Hey, Spike. I have all kinds of friends now.
6: That's great.
3: Yeah. You too, Danny. Yeah, my I'm your friend. friend. I'm your friend.
7: Hey, listen. We, got, we have a match in the ring. We have to go. Why don't you come over here with me right now?
3: Okay. All
0: right. Ladies and gentlemen,
7: we got a match in the ring. We'll
4: see you. <laughs> what you got from this?
5: Okay, so he's a he's a disaster in a great way. Did <laughs> you know what do you know what he's doing there?
4: Yeah, go ahead.
5: Uh let me count. Five and a half hours years earlier he's doing the boo bradley base turn that boo bradley does in smoky mountain
4: um yeah i guess it is similar okay. because it, well see and actually and, and, doc and to, be, and
5: to be honest he's really good at this like david crockett's like they're gonna get you and he's like, What else are they gonna do to me? That's a great little line that's off the cuff, like, holy shit, what are they gonna do to me? But no, nah, they're not gonna do that. I'm going to power slam him. But he's doing Boo Bradley.
4: Um, and I and to be honest with you, he he's actually kinda like doing everything you, you ever see from like that that's this is like to me textbook how you build a good baby face though. Well, you create empathy and sympathy for that person. And just like Boo was mistreated by Tammy and Chris Candido and Smokey. Well, here, Kevin Sullivan and and Mike Rotunda mistreated Steiner. So it's it's the same concept.
5: They're never going to do on national TV building, giving Steiner the same prop that Boo got because Boo got his kitty cat killed. um mm. boo got spl- I mean, boots got splashed in the ring by Chris Candido pal
4: yeah I um, but see that was like so different but but they mistreated him I, I wasn't really talking about that part of it the whole mistreatment of him like uh-uh. they had him locked in a boiler room he had to sleep on the floor I mean they just like they treated him like a damn dog
5: okay so and yeah watching... and
4: then they murdered his cat in the middle of the ring uh-huh. at a big so show
5: we're, so we're watching a video here what is this what is this what is that
4: that he hits him with Yes, it looks like an aluminum can of some sort because it's bent. I in. So. See how it got bent? He,
5: yeah, and I kept thinking it was like a big beer can of some sort, but they no. kept saying it was kerosene or gas, and I'm like, "What is there no. gas in the building?"
4: No, it's um, it's either one of the. Remember how back in the day they'd have the old metal trash cans? But that thing's got a handle on it, so I think it's like just a like a like a aluminum or metal bucket that's hollow, has nothing in it. And that's and he's beating him upside the head with it. He did it that son bitch in though.
5: No shit. We're talking about Abdullah and Gary's got the, the come on now. He gave him reached in his pocket and gave him a treat so he'd settle the fuck down. But the black terror, man. Hey, they got the podium fixed. It didn't look... Uh-oh. He's
4: about to start chewing on that bitch. I'm not playing it because it's only 30 seconds. He's licking no, it No, no, don't,
5: you don't have to play it. But, man, I was like... They were like, that's a gas can or something. I was like, what's a gas can doing on the fucking... It <laughs> <center laughs> just stand?
4: happens to be laying there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So, All right, Abdullah, so I'm out
5: of I'm out of booze. So, let's wrap this thing up.
4: Abdullah defeats... Um, Eddie's sweating like 15 seconds and he stands on his face again. Abdullah's eating paper as they rattle off the last, the last 30 seconds of the episode and Gary Hart is up there with Abdullah. Abdullah, it, you're right they did fix the podium or or they, they, they either did that or put a fresh coat of paint on it because I don't see the divots from where he was chewing and gnawing on it from. But anyway, that's how the show go, goes off air with Gary Hart barely getting 30 seconds in and him mentioning he's going to unleash someone else soon. So We'll have to see what he's talking about or if he's talking about anything specifically. So there's that. All right, Doc. So before we get out of here, uh, we do need to do the Rolex and we need to rate this show. I want to remind everyone uh, to use our Amazon referral link. If you love this show and love what we do each and every week, go to tinyurl.com slash Amazon and make sure you use that link each and every time you shop on Amazon. Give that link to the wives, girlfriends, women in your life and tell them to use it each and every time they use Amazon. Again, it's tinyurl.com bttamazon Amazon. It's a great way to support this show without spending anything extra. And like I said earlier, become a patron at tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT for even more great content. And we thank you very much. If you're a patron already, there's a lot of you out there. So thanks for supporting this show. And if you're not one, please become one. OK, Doc, we need to rate it uh, Rolex. I want to go first to give out a Rolex, though, before we do anything. And earlier in the episode, I was contemplating someone else. But as I got into the episode, I had to give this one to Dennis Condry. And I don't, to, the, to my knowledge, think we've ever given it to Dennis. Because Dennis really never speaks. I think we may have given it to, I know we've given it to Cornette. And we may have given it to the Midnight as a whole. But I had to give it to Dennis because one, he doesn't talk a lot. But when he said that line, about yeah, Jimmy, you was out there waiting. Your mama was out there waiting. She didn't want to want two guys to manage though. She wanted for her. So I'm giving mine to Dennis Condry. What are you doing? Who are you giving the Rolex to?
5: It is, in for a shoot. It is very rare that I walk into one of these where we hit the red light to go to start the show where I don't know who I'm giving it to. I usually have it written down. I usually have some sort of note. And I. Sometimes will change it. But I always have an idea going in. And I didn't have an idea. Tonight. And I'm walking out. Telling you. I'm giving mine to Hawk. He talks a big talk out there tonight. About asses he wanted to whip. And it was sting. And it was luger, And it was dusty.
4: Hawk was damn good. I'm not going to disagree with you.
5: And, I mean, Condre got some shit across you can't get across today, so you know I appreciate that. But I'm going with Hawk.
4: Yeah, I mean, hey, he Pop- basically said Mama Cornet was doing tricks out there or something. I mean, it's up. just like, that's just stiff, man. So It is. Hawk was damn good, though. i got to give it to him. Okay. Uh, rate it. Uh, you go first on the rating.
5: Okay, so this was a super solid episode. Top to bottom, I mean, you know, it's what, uh, 77 77 and a half minutes? A little longer than I'd like, but shit, we ain't baseball season, so it is what it is. I thought it was solid from top to bottom, though. Again, we are damn near through with 88, and the shows don't fall off. The house attendance may be falling off. Shit might be falling off the rails, but I'm still entertained. I'm going to say A-minus.
4: Yeah, I think I got to go with an A, man. This was a good episode. We have really good promos. Paul E. Yeah. Dangerous man. Yeah. Not Heyman.
5: And no Rick.
4: No Rick, but you had Paul cutting a good one. Jim cut a good one. Cornette cut a good one. Road Warrior Hawk cut a good one. Um, you know, you you the, let's not sleep on the Varsity Club and Rick Steiner and Dr. Death. I, I
5: damn dare gave the Rolex to, to Rick and, and Dr. Death for those punches out
4: there. Yeah, they were throwing bombs. Now let me remind everyone too. Doc just gave this. What'd you say? A minus. Yeah. So here, here's here's a little lesson for not. And I know the BTT Army listeners. They 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 will totally get this. But here's here's something a lesson related to these shows. Here's a perfect example. You spent about fifteen minutes ranting on that whole Magnum TA thing and the whole True Grit thing. Yeah. I want you, but you still gave this show an A minus. So. Right.
5: So, okay, so let, let me ask you this. So I'll, I'll, I'll set you up here to then pass it back to me. I had the unfortunate experience to watch the Elimination Chamber from the WWE that came out last Sunday. Um, would you like me to rate that in terms of what I just saw for the last 77 minutes?
4: I know what you're going to rate it, but go ahead. All right, it's an F.
5: And, I ain't even, and here's the thing. I'm not even trying to be mean. I'm trying to tell you that my seven-year-old son looked at me and goes, this is boring. (laughs) Well, shit, why are we watching it then? I didn't want to watch it. He's like, well, can we just fast-forward to the next match? And then he just kept saying it.
4: I don't have no comment on it.
5: So my point is, it's just, when I say A-minus, man, that's like a... A plus 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 if you're going to sit down and make me watch this WWE bullshit. I'm rating this shit against itself. A minus.
4: <laughs> I'm just laughing at when you texted me, uh, you and uh, little Latro were watching Elimination Chamber the next day. <laughs> you weren't even hot. You were just disappointed at how bad you thought was. <laughs> That's You're the like, thing bro. is
5: like there's no reason to get mad at it anymore. It's just meh, okay.
4: I hear you, bro. I hear you. You know All right.
5: and, and you know here's the here's the shitty thing. My seven year old son has two favorite wrestlers in WWE. You know who they are?
4: John Cena.
5: John Cena's number one. And who? Our truth is number two.
4: Oh, yeah, I should have known that. Yeah, we've talked about that before. I should have known that.
5: Should've he been. came home from school the other day, and he was like, you know, I, I had trouble concentrating at school today. I was like, I know. He goes, no, but I had a reason. I said, what's that? And he goes, I kept singing, what's up? <laughs> what's up? <All> day. <laughs> and, and, the point, and the point is two guys in their 40s who are real workers are the best workers on the roster, and they ain't even <laughs> full-time getting
6: pushed.
4: I tell you, I tell you what, um, watching Raw nowadays does, because SmackDown's not as bad in my opinion. It's only two hours, and it's it's it's. I don't watch this every single week, but I, I can get through a SmackDown. I really can. Um, but like watching Raw nowadays makes me appreciate Cena more. Oh like, yeah, when he was there, cause. Like as many people as like a lot of people didn't like Cena or just hated him because he was pushed down their throat and they never turned him heel. Like, you know, all the things you heard about Cena back in the day, and I don't know whether, whether you believed him or not, or, or whether you were one of those people, that's a totally debatable story. Maybe you weren't one of those people. I'm just saying, I felt like you would always hear that, man, I missed that dude because he always brought it. I always think back to like 2015 or 16. I can't remember the summer it was when they did that U.S. Open challenge. Every damn Raw, his match, no matter who it was, was like the freaking best part of that show. But
5: the truth of the matter is, it's, it's like when rock and roll started working, stopped working off the blues and started doing other things. It stopped being as interesting is because these guys aren't grappling and fighting anymore. They're doing gymnastics routines. And nobody has any legitimate heat. And when that comes back, you come get me. Until then, there's no point in getting mad about this stuff. Like Corny's over there yelling and screaming. They're killing it. Corny, they killed your business a long time ago.
4: (laughs) Calm calm down, Jimmy. Don't have a heart attack on
5: They killed your business a long time ago. And if you could have kept Rick Rubin in the game for another year, or two, maybe things would be a little bit different for you, but don't get mad about this shit because it is what it is, man. We let's we've been talking too long, though. Man, I need to go make another whiskey <laughs> drink, get my drink on because I'm on vacation tomorrow. On
4: tomorrow, I know, I know, I know. All right. So anyway, so... hey,
5: man, uh, we hope that everybody's gonna get down on their knees tonight and say a prayer for Harper that he gets the uh, the testing done that he needs. The testing.
4: Kit this is, is how doing. rumors start. <sighs> go
5: well, ahead. I mean, he comes on here talking about eating ass. You don't think he needs to be tested? He's banging bitches from out of town. Can we not get him a test? I mean, it's all. <sighs> all
4: right, bro. <laughs> I'm not going here with you. All right. So anyway, uh, before we get out of here, shout out to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe Morata and Michael Quinn, the northern version of BTT, slightly classier, a little bit more professional, but still fun to less. They support us. Please support them. Thank you very much, Joe and Quinn, for all your plugs and keeping the train rolling of old school wrestling, even though you're the northern version of BTT. And then check out the bottom line cast with our ECW host, Mike Pru and JV. They do their show as well. Uh, Check both of those shows out. Also, one other thing. I haven't really plugged this in a long time. Our Twitter uh, at BTT underscore podcast. I believe we are right around. I could be wrong. I need to look at it. I believe we're getting close to 10,000 followers on there. So, um, yeah, I think we were at last checked like, a little under 9,900. So, hey, 100 or so more followers, and we will break the big 10,000 follower mark. So, if you're on Twitter, give hey, the hey, show hey, a hey. Pop. <laughs> We need
5: 99 more. 90,
4: we're 9901. As of this recording. Right now. You got to watch Twitter sometimes too because um, sometimes uh, they'll purge like bot accounts and whatnot. So you'll be at like, um, you know, you'll you'll be at 9900 and it'll drop like 20 or 30 because of the, the purge on the accounts. So anyway, just wanted to mention that. But you're right. Say 100 more around that at the time of us recording this so there you go 100 more at btt underscore podcast give us a follow yeah what else you want to say
6: nothing all right
4: can we go home on that note we're gonna get out of here doc was long-winded tonight but he'll blame me as he's blown up now doc hit the tagline let's get out of
6: here